Hey guys, this is the C3 Church Malmo podcast. I am believing God will speak to you today and that a greater level of faith will be unlocked in your life. For more information about C3 Church, go to c3malmo.se. God bless. This was inspired out of our mission statement for church. So our mission statement for church is that we exist to bring heaven to earth. And we do this by seeking God's presence daily and by intentionally following Jesus. And then thirdly, by participating in his redemptive purpose, in his redemptive mission that he has. So that is what we focus on in this series, that last bit of our vision statement, is us participating in God's mission. What is God doing here? And we're praying for um, God's kingdom to come here in Malmo. So we want to see his kingdom come. And we want to be people that participate in what he's doing at the moment. So that is why we've, this series was inspired, Missional Life, to go out and do what God has called us to do. But now, how do we do this? How do we live as people that are on God's mission? How do we perform this mission? How do we go out and do what God has told us to do? So today, I'm going to talk about hospitality. So we can, in this missional life, we can be people that are hos- show hospitality to others, and that is a a way that people can come closer to Jesus. So through hospitality. And it's such a simple thing, hospitality. It doesn't seem very spiritual, um, but, but it is. And I think that is one of our church's strengths. And if you are new here, I, I would encourage you just to stick around after the service and you will know what I'm talking about. We are a church that I think is really good at being hospitable. Um, we place a lot of value on f- uh, our fika time. We love eating together, having fika. Um, so, you know, and that's one of our values of our church, that we give fika f- uh, for free because we value that. We want that, re- we want a relationship, um, building time with each other. So that is what we value. So I think that's really a strength of our church. But even though we're so good at it, I think there are some things that we don't, that there's more to hospitality than just what meets the eye or what you might think about when you hear the word hospitality. So what I want to ask you today, I want to ask you two questions. The first one is, why is hospitality important? And the second one is, what exactly is biblical hospitality? Because like I said, it might not the way that you think hospitality is, there's more to hospitality than what you're thinking right now or might be thinking. So those two questions I want to answer throughout my sermon. So what does biblical hospitality look like? Now, eating around the table, you know, eating, sitting around the table, having food, food together, that doesn't seem very spiritual, but yet... That is what Jesus spent his time here on earth doing. You would find Jesus sitting around the table with people, eating with people. He spent a lot of time here on earth eating with people. Thank you. Um, So, 
there there is some there's some spirituality around sitting around the table eating with someone. And our main scripture for today is out of Hebrews 13. So I want to just read that to you. Keep on loving each other, brothers and sisters. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some have, um, that has done so have even entertained angels without, recognize, uh, without realizing it. So that's the first one, Hebrews 13. And then a second scripture I want to share that's very similar to this. There's actually quite a few scriptures that's similar to this, but just to prove a point, the second one is Peter 4, out of verse 8 to 9. Above all else, deeply love each other, because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. So both these scriptures, the first part of the scripture, it starts off with saying, love each other. And then the very next verse says, show hospitality. So both these scriptures, they proceed with a command to love each other. To me, that says that the way in which we can love each other then, because it says love each other, and then it says show hospitality. So the way in which we can love each other is by showing hospitality. It gives us the how. It says love each other, but then it gives us the how can we love each other. We can love each other through showing hospitality to one another. So my question again, why then is hospitality important? Now to answer that, I want to tell you a quick story now. Um, We've just come back from our C3 European conference. It was awesome, great. Those who've been there can, uh, can testify to that. I was so inspired. But the last session, we had um, people that came up, three, three different um, pastors that came up and shared. Uh, and the topic was about missional life, that which we are preaching about in our series now, about missional life. How do we reach the lost? What do we do? How do we go about doing this? And this one lady was, uh, uh, that was asked to, to um, share her thoughts, she was uh, from Budapest. Well, she started a church in Budapest uh, a year ago. And that church was really doing well. It was growing a lot. And when she was asked, like, you know, what do you do to see so many salvations in your church? She started off with saying, you know what? I've invited so many people to church, but they just don't come. They don't come if I invite them. They always have excuses. And maybe some of you can relate to that. Maybe you have asked a lot of people to come to church, and they always have some kind of an excuse why they can't come. Anyway, so she experienced the same thing. And then she tells the story about one particular lady that she's been, keeping, she's been keeping on inviting her to church. And again, she had an excuse. So she decided, you know what? I'm just going to go to her. She doesn't want to come to church, so I'll just go to her. So she took some food, and she went over to her house. And while they were eating, she, eating, sharing life, um, she had the opportunity to lead a friend to Jesus. So her friend didn't have to go to church to meet Jesus. 
She met Jesus there in the living room around a meal. She led her friend to Christ just there. And many of our friends might not be ready to come to church. But guess what? You are the church. You carry Jesus' presence inside of you. So take the church to them. We are the temple of God. God is living inside of us. We carry his presence. So that is why it's so important to, to take time to sit with Jesus, to let him fill you up so that when you go out, you have something to give. You have something to say to others, that he will equip you to go out and say what he wants you to say. And, and that's why the church is here. The church is here to equip you to be, to be able to go out and live this missional life. That's our job, to equip you. So my question that I asked in the beginning, the first one, is why is hospitality important? So it's a way to show Jesus' love to others. That's what hospitality is. It's a way to show Jesus' love to other people. And inviting them to be around the table. That's what Jesus did. He was around the table. And to have Jesus, imagine having Jesus around your table. That would be so awesome. And the thing is, often we, we're waiting for people to come into the church. You know, We're waiting, we're praying for the lost to come in. But I think we should not be close to our idea to also go out to where the lost people actually are. I'm dreaming about a nightclub ministry where we go out to where the, the lost people are. They're not going to come to church. Well, hopefully they will, but the chances are not that big. Imagine we go out to them. We go hang out there with them, speak to them, and just speak life into their lives. You know, imagine what would happen if we can speak a life into a lost person's soul. Or we go to the hospital, hospital ministry, where we go and do activities with the cancer, kids' cancer patients. We take the worship worship band there, we sing songs with them, and there in the presence of Jesus, they are healed. Imagine that we take church to the people around us, and we are praying for God's kingdom to come. Here in Malmo, that's our vision statement of this church, is uh, for, for your kingdom here in Malmo, in Malmo as it is in heaven. That's our vision statement. We're praying for God's kingdom to come. And the first step in order to see that happen is to invite your neighbor for dinner. It can be as simple as that. Invite your neighbor for dinner. Build a relationship with people. Build a relationship with people outside of the church. I think we're really good at connecting with each other. We have awesome connect groups. We're really good at fellowship. But how good are we at inviting the stranger? We, we like to hang out with people, you know, we agree with or feel comfortable with. But how, how good are we at inviting the stranger, the person that maybe doesn't necessarily share our point of view? Now, Jesus, he ate with sinners. It's recorded seven times in the Gospel of Luke, 
where Jesus ate with sinners. He ate a lot with people, but seven times it was recorded where he ate with sinners. Now, if we go Hebrews 13, our main scripture, it says there, you know, love each other. And then it says, don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. It says this specifically, don't forget to show hospitality to strangers, the people you don't know yet. Because we naturally invite people, you know, that, that we agree with. But how conscious are we of inviting those outside of that group? Because hospitality is an act where a stranger is transformed into a guest. It's an act where a stranger is transformed into a guest. And the primary function of hospitality is to convert a stranger into a friend. It's to make a stranger into a friend. But now the question is, Wait for the question. So the question is, what do we do when our worldviews and their worldviews collide? You, you invite someone and your worldview and their worldview is not the same. Now, how do, you, how do you show hospitality? How are you kind, but you still stay true to your faith? For, for we live in a world where a time where many of our Christian ideas are seen as hate speech. People think, oh, we, we don't love them because of our Christian values and ideas. Um, for example, when there was a decision made uh, to legalize gay marriages, it sparked a lot of tension all over the world Like when this topic came up. There was a lot of tension. And, and Christians struggled to, like, how do we, what do we do in this situation? How do we stay true to our faith but still love that person? What do we do in that situation? How can we love people, wow, without compromising on our faith? So in order to to show you how, I'm going to tell you a testimony of, um, I hope I pronounce her name correctly, Rosaria Butterfield. Now, she, um, she lived in America, she lives in America, and she grew up in an Italian, unstable Italian home, you know, like, um, and she could never really feel that she could bring friends home, because it was quite wild in her house. And when she grew up, she ended up becoming a lesbian feminist professor. And her main goal was to find out, so she set out to find out why religious communities hated people like her. Why did they hate her like that? So she wrote an article, and this article sparked so much hate speech. So much so that she had this, so she had two piles of letters in her house. The one was everyone cheering on like, yeah, you know, so good that you're saying this. And then on the other pile, there was hate speech. Everyone that's against this. And then until one day she received a letter that didn't fit in either one of these piles. 
It was from Pastor Ken and his wife. And they invited her for dinner. It's like, oh, she didn't really know what to do with that. So she went to dinner. They invited her over, so she went. And that's where her research journey began. Because she, they were just, they welcomed her without seeing her as a project. Like they're going to convert and all. They just welcomed her in, showed her hospitality. And over a course of two years, she could sit in their house having dinner with them and ask them all her questions. And she ended up coming to faith um, because she realized that Jesus was who he said he was. It's interesting. No one convinced her. She just realized after asking all her questions in the end that she realized that Jesus was who he said he was. And she says, she, I'm going to quote, radical ordinary hospitality. Those who live it see strangers as neighbors and neighbors as family of God. So let's be a people of radical but ordinary hospitality, where we convert a stranger into a friend and invite them to be a part of God's family. Simple as that, radical, ordinary hospitality. And Ephesians 4 says, impart grace to the hearer. Now, this is something I'm, I've learned over the years, and I would say I'm still learning, because I love the truth, and I think everyone should know it. I just love telling people the truth. But you know what? You don't have to say everything at that first meeting, you know? Impart grace to the hearer. You don't have to say everything that's on your heart the first time you meet someone. Let them first get to know you. If people get to know you, they know your heart, and then they're more open to receive what you have to say. So build a relationship with people, and then you will be able to, they will let you speak into their lives. They will listen to what you have to say. And often it's because they can see the fruits in your life as well. If they see the fruits in, the, in your life, they will be open to hear what you have to say. And the thing is, it's, it's not you that saves them. It's Jesus, Jesus that saves them. He's the one that saves. So we, we just need to show up and be a friend. Invite someone for dinner. And it might take some time before your friend becomes, you know, before the stranger becomes a friend. So we need to be patient. It might take some time before the stranger becomes a friend. And then eventually this friend meets Jesus. Now, with this, I'm not saying that you shouldn't invite people to church. Definitely invite people to church. Um, but I'm simply saying that sometimes it might take a few steps before you can invite them to church. It might take a little bit of time before they're open to receive that invitation of you inviting them to church. And the other thing I want to say is that the ultimate goal is not for someone to come to church. It's not for you to invite someone to church. That's not the ultimate goal. 
The ultimate goal is for someone to meet Jesus. That is the main thing. It's for someone to meet Jesus. And you have Jesus inside of you. He's living inside of you. So they don't have to come to church to meet Jesus. Jesus lives inside of you. You take Jesus to them. You are the church. So take the church to them. And it's, it's natural for us to, to hang out with people we love, you know, like, and that's like us, I said. Um, but we're, we're challenged here to invite the stranger, to become friends with the stranger. In Hebrews 13, again, if we go back to that main scripture, it says, don't forget to show hospitality to the stranger. And for some who have done this, have entertained angels without realizing it. So you never know who might be sitting around your dinner table. It can be someone that in the future can be very influential, maybe becomes the next Billy Graham, leading lots of people to Christ. You never know who's sitting around your dinner table. And Jesus himself might be sitting around your dinner table. I'd love to to have Jesus sit around my dinner tables, that would be so much fun. To having Jesus, just have an um, awareness of Jesus' presence around our dinner tables. Having him take over the conversations. And in Matthew 25, it says, For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was th thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. And they will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty, a stranger or in need of clothes, and did not help you? And he will reply, this is now Jesus replying, truly I tell you, whatever you did to one of these, um, you also did to me, or did not do for me. So if we don't show kindness and hospitality to others, it's we haven't shown it to Jesus. And the greatest command, God says, is to love God and to love people. That is the greatest command. And both these verses that we looked at, our main verse is preceded by loving others. That's the first thing. We need to love God and love others. And we can do this by showing kindness to others, by inviting them over for a meal. And I want to challenge you to, to let Jesus have a place at your table. Open your, open your home, open your heart, so that Jesus can have a place at your table. Look for opportunities to make a friend out of a stranger this week. Invite someone over for Christmas that you know might be alone. Invite, open up your home. Can the band come up for me, please? So what is biblical hospitality? That was my second question that I hopefully answered through this. Biblical hospitality is making a stranger or a neighbor into a friend. 
in inviting the stranger in. That is biblical hospitality, inviting the stranger in to be a part of God's family. So they too could sit around the banquet with him in heaven. Because we're going to sit around it. God's invited us to a banquet with him in heaven. We're going to sit around eating with Jesus in heaven. So let's start now already. Let's eat our way into heaven. Where the kingdom, God's kingdom, comes around our dinner tables. We're praying for God's kingdom to come. Let God's kingdom come around our dinner tables. Where the lost meets the Savior. Or where the broken heart finds healing. Or where the lonely person makes a friend. And you know what? People can feel lonely in a crowd. They can feel lonely in a crowd. Because we need intimate connections. Not just, oh, hi, how are you doing? Yeah. We need an intimate connection with people. And the best way for that to happen is to ask good questions. I've really been lately been sitting out asking good questions. We had a session with the Connect Group leaders yesterday as well. And I've challenged them to start asking good questions. Because it's so easy to ask, hi, how are you? And then the person just replies, oh, I'm good, thank you. And that just ends there. There's no like deep connection that happens after that question, you know? So in our FICA time now today, I want to challenge you to ask more deeper questions. Now, I'm going to give you just to, to start with, but you guys can ask the Holy Spirit to help you. And I've been asking God to help me ask better questions to really get to know people. So one question you can ask instead of how are you, ask what keeps you awake at night? What is the thing that worries you at the moment? Or um, what, what is it that you are standing in faith for at the moment? That's, and you will surprise, be surprised at how that question opens up for you to get to know that person so much more. And we can even pray for each other in our fika time now. So let's ask questions where people can open up. So after the service, that's what I want you to do, is to ask good questions and keep on asking good questions throughout your week to people. So I'm really looking forward to our fika time now. But before we go into fika, before we end the service, I really want to pray for some people. Because as I was preparing, um, I, I really felt that God wants to set people free today. He wants to set people free from loneliness and depression. And at first I thought, oh, how does that fit in with my message? But, you know, God wants to God wants you to have an abundant life. He wants you to be able to go out and be hospitable to other people. He wants you to sit around his table. So I want to invite you, if you feel depressed or lonely or you're struggling with depression, I want to invite you forward now. As we're going into worship, I want you to come forward during worship. I'd love to pray with you. And 
in worship that you declare and just declare God's freedom over you. That because this message about you know hospitality, you just you feel exhausted just by thinking about coming to church. Never mind inviting someone home for dinner. So I'd love to pray with you so that you can be free from that, so that you can um, just be free. And Jesus, has, Jesus wants to set you free today. Jesus wants to set you free from depression and whatever is holding you back. He wants you to have a free life. Because you know that He is the only one that death has bowed to. He is the King. He has he's been victorious over everything that you struggle with. And He is the one who wants to walk with you. Jesus wants to walk with you. So I want to invite you now, as we go into worship, that, that you will bring your burdens to God. And as we were praying before the service, I just really felt such a joy. God's joy is in this house today. The Holy Spirit is here, and He wants to ex- give us joy. He wants to exchange your sackcloth and mourning. He wants to in- exchange that for joy. So I want to pray and I invite you to bring those burdens to Jesus. Put it at His feet so that He can exchange that for joy.